It's time to talk football. It's time to talk Dons. North Zone 1 Red Review. Hello and welcome to another Red Review. I'm Alan Davidson, as always, joined by Dave Galloway and this week by Josh Walker. And Dave, starting off with this weekend's Scottish Cup tie down in Paisley. Hmm. We're heading back to Hamden again. Yeah, I I, I have had a, a very good weekend. I, I drove back up the road from Paisley uh, with, with a glow. Proud of the team's efforts. Not a great performance, but, you know, who cares in a game of that magnitude? Um, they, they did so well against a, a difficult to play against uh, St Mirren's side. So a terrific win. Um, Derek McInnes obviously spoke to him after the game in Paisley and he told me it was great to reach his ninth cup semi-final. I know for day one in the job here how important cup football was to the club and to the supporters. We've been in umpteen semi-finals and, and finals and we've shown we're a very good cup team. Uh, I think we showed a lot of spirit today. We weren't at our best but conditions and the like we showed enough good moments but we showed clearly the the spirit that we showed at Rugby Park really to, to get the job done today and you know sometimes you can win games through brilliance Fergie allowed us a bit of that today sometimes you do it just through sheer tenacity and will and and I thought my team were very good to come here get a clean sheet and beat a very good team a team we've got a high regard for 2 nothing is, is a brilliant result for us hopefully we can get into it in good form because well, the inconsistency at times driving me mad. Hopefully the performance of the players individually can be good getting into it. And I think having that focus in a semi-final normally allows our league form to improve. Uh, whenever we've had that Scottish Cup semi-final to look forward to, the league forms normally improve. So hopefully that, that continues. Yeah, and Josh, I think, again, it's cup football. The, the main thing was getting through and somehow in the last two rounds, Aberdeen have managed to, to kind of scrape by. That you know, that's right. I mean, when I was at the club, um, I just heard Derek saying how important cup football was to Aberdeen and is, and it was the same when I was there, um, 10 12 years ago. You know, so things have obviously not changed with the club. Um, but no matter what club you're in, if you can get a good cup run going, it's brilliant, you know, and it's it just gives you all something to look forward to. So going down to St. Mirren and getting a 2 0 win was a great result, really. Yeah, that's it, Dave. Not. Not pretty, apart from the goal from Ferguson was a bit special, wasn't it? Oh, it, it was amazing. And, and you know, he meant it. He's got that in his locker. It was great work by Matty Kennedy. And then Fergie, you know, impudently, he could see that he wasn't being closed, you know, closed down. And it, it, it was a, a magnificent goal with the, with the outside of his boot, straight into the net. You know, what a way to, to start a game. I, I had a, a chat with Lewis after the match. And Matty um, got inside, get by his player, um, found me in a bit of space and I was just driving towards the box and I think I need to add a wee bit, wee bit more goals to my game, shots for the edge of the box and stuff um, and I just thought I'd, I'd hit it, get it in target and, and thanks for the run. Yeah, the, the, the team's had so many uh, cup semi-finals, so many finals, it'd be great to go that extra step or two this mm-hmm. season, wasn't it? Especially as it's 30 years since Aberdeen last lifted the uh-huh. trophy. You know, for such a such a big club, 30, 30 years a long time to to not win the Scottish Cup. So you know, hopefully, as you say, we've we've been there in the past, and it's just the final wee bit. Well, I think we've been unlucky in the past couple of years, come up against a few good sides. But you know, you need that bit of luck, you need that bit of quality, and I think the the squad's got that. Yeah, and speaking against coming up good up against good sides, that's exactly what Aberdeen are going to have to do if they go any further. Josh Celtic at Hamden. Doesn't get much tougher than that, does it? 
it doesn't know. I mean, that's by far the toughest trophy you can get. Um, but you know, like it's, it's cup football. You know, on the day, it's just about applying yourself right and hoping your your big players turn up because you're going to need every single one of them to turn up against Celtic. You can't have one or two slacking off. Everyone's got to be right at it and. Um, it, it would be great, great to see Aberdeen do it. You know, I mean, when I was there, we, I, I remember rightly, we lost to Dundee United in one semi-final and I think it was Queen's, Queen of the South in another semi-final, both in oh, one don't season. Bring so, that up. Um, so it would be, it would be great, you know, it would be great. But obviously Celtic, they're flying um, every season. They seem to just get stronger and stronger. So Aberdeen are going to have to be right at it to, to get a result. Oh, mentioning Queen of the South there, Josh. You've just brought back some nightmare flashbacks to me. That was that was the year Aberdeen, of course, um, did it the very very hard way. Put um, Celtic out in a quarter final replay with Daza Mackey yeah. getting the only goal of the game, and then you know it was like uh, Custer's last stand with you know withstanding the 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 great hoops bombardment, and then. I think everybody thought that Aberdeen had done it and they must have had a, a great chance. But it was, if, it, if, it, if I remember correctly, it was 1-1 at half time and then within 15 minutes of the second half beginning against Queen of the South, it was 4-3 Queen of the South. I mean, it, it was a crazy, crazy day, wasn't it? Oh, it was. I mean, it, it was. It was just totally surreal what was going on on the pitch. It was like every shot that either team was having was going in. You know, it was it was ridiculous for that 10-15 minute spell. When you go back to that Celtic game, though, getting the, the draw at home and then in the replay beating them away, I think probably in our heads we thought we were we had one hand on the trophy. You know, it was because we we'd literally. Beat the well, beat the best team, the favourites, and I think everyone thought this was going to be our year, you know. And then it just shows you on the day the underdog can can turn up, you know, and and cause an upset, and that's what happened. And obviously Aberdeen are going to be big underdogs in the semi final here, so hopefully it, it's it's their turn this year. Yeah, I mean Aberdeen, obviously, like you say, they're underdogs, Josh, and 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 Celtic, they're like a juggernaut at at the beginning, you know, at the moment, they're like a juggernaut Celtic. But you know, if there is one team left in the draw that can stop Celtic, you'd like to think it would be Aberdeen, wouldn't you? You would, yeah. I mean, of course, there's some there's some really good players in that Aberdeen side, um, and obviously Cosgrove getting a goal at the weekend. I think I'd seen he'd, he'd gone a few games without a goal, like. So that'd be good for him, and obviously Ferguson getting it, getting a, a good strike. So, like I say, if the if the the big players for Aberdeen can really apply themselves well, um, they can definitely match them. And do you know they've they've beaten Celtic before? It's not like you're playing someone who you've never beaten before. You're playing against a team that is beatable, but to beat them, you've got to be at your best. You know, so they're going to have to be at the best. Yeah, and and like we've uh, mentioned, um, the ninth semi final that Derek McInnes has led Aberdeen to. I mean, what about the job that he's done and what are your hopes that this could be the year that he finally gets his hands on more silverware after such a long wait? Uh, I mean, I think I heard you say it was roughly about 30 years since since the Scottish Cup's been won. So, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a task which has been difficult for a number of managers over the years. So, Derek will be hoping he can be one that can can change that. And like you say, since he's came in, he's done 
he's done really well with the club. You know, he's I, I wouldn't say he's transformed them, but he's he's always had them fighting it towards the top end of the league. They've never been struggling. They've never been anywhere near that bottom half. They've always been top three, top four, and it's. When you think of the Scottish League, you think of Celtic Rangers and then Aberdeen. Aberdeen's always in that bracket, you know. So credit to Derek, and it would be it would be great if, um, especially for the fans, you know, that's thirty years. That's a long, long time, and the fans. Uh, I remember from my time, they were they were brilliant, you know. And it's um, it would be nice for them and just nice for the whole city, really, if they if they can, if they can do it. <clears throat> yeah. No, well. One kind of downside coming out of that game on Saturday, Dave, was another injury to Scott McKenna. Yes, um, Derek said after the game that uh, the big defender, he's facing a spell on the sidelines. don't know if he's done a week, overdone it in the, in the gym. Um, his back was a bit stiff, reported Thursday, he trained. He stopped Thursday um, midway through the session, but we were confident he'd be fine. And his back and his other, ham- his other hamstring were tight going into the game, but... It's his other hamstring, so we need to wait and see how it is. But um, the pitch was probably a challenge for the hamstring as well, which is really heavy conditions out there. So we just need to wait and see. It doesn't leave us blessed with too many defensive options, but thankfully Mikey was ready to come on and and defended well for us. And uh, it's great to have that quality to call upon. So, um, But on Scott, uh, I don't know until we get him imaged and see what the damage is, but I I think it's some sort of tear in a hamstring how significant I don't know yeah not good for Aberdeen Dave and also not great for Scotland with those playoff games coming up no that's right and we did speak to the manager about you know the Scotland games that are coming up and he's not sure at this stage whether Big Scott will be uh, available um you know, I mean, he's been he's been terrific for for club and country, hasn't he? So it, it would be a a double blow. Hopefully, at some stage in the next day or two, we'll know for sure, or we'll have a better picture as to what the situation will be. You know, with with Scott McKenna. But uh, Josh, I know you're a player who suffered with it, injury during your career as well. This is the third or fourth time in as many seasons that the hamstring's gone for McKenna. It it, it must start to become a concern, doesn't it? It does. Yeah, I mean it's. <clears throat> a hamstring. I mean, I was when you say I was, I had a lot of injuries. I did, but mine were all mine were never really muscle injuries. Mine were ligament stuff or breaks, things like that. So to have a muscle injury season after season, especially a hamstring, um, it's I know what it's like. It's so so frustrating, you know. And obviously with a muscle injury, every time he's sprinting, now it's probably always in his head. You know, is is it going to go? Is it going to go? So. But the medical team that they've got at Aberdeen, I'm sure, is working tirelessly with him and trying to put that put that right, you know, because he's a he's a good defender and he's Aberdeen. Obviously, it's going to be frustrating for them not to not to have him available, but it'll be no one will be more frustrated than than the lad himself, you know. Um, like I say, I know what injuries are like and missing big games, and but he just has to get there and support the lads really. We've just about covered everything there is to cover on that Aberdeen game. Not pretty, but not helped by the conditions, I think would be the would be the overall thought, wouldn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, a, a word or two about a magnificent travelling Red Army. You know, the most travelled fans in the top flight and there were 1,500 of them and what a noise they made packing out that end of the stadium at um, St Mirren 
St Mirren Park, New St Mirren Park, whatever the heck it's called these days, New Love Street, uh, Aberdeen filled their end of the ground and they sang from start to finish. And it does sound cliched, but what a difference the backing makes. And, you know, the, the manager and Fergie were both, you know, waxing lyrical about the, about the support. So hopefully we can all get together. There was a great connection between the supporters and the fans. It was brilliant to see... The, the, the players and the, the management and the coaches go to that Aberdeen end and salute the fans and they you know they applauded each other so onwards and upwards hopefully yeah I'm sure they so what, what, what are we thinking on the 7.20 kick off I think fans possibly well lubricated by the time they arrived at the ground were they I don't know what you mean by that <laughs> <laughs> certainly perhaps that would have added to the to the atmosphere and, and I mean you could see the scenes when uh, Big Sam scored that uh, penalty in injury time, and the you know the he he went over to the 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 fans, and you know some of the fans spilled onto the track, and everybody was jumping up and down together. I personally thought it was great. It was just it was boisterous. It wasn't trouble, but you know once once again, you know I know I know rules are rules, and shouldn't leave the field of play. But Sam Cosgrove getting booked for celebrating with his own fans. I know it's the rules. I know he shouldn't do it technically, but what a lot of nonsense! What are you supposed to do? You've just put your team into the semi final for goodness' sake. Yeah, I think Josh will know better than better than us too. What, what what it's like and kind of you you know that's the rule, but you, you want to go and celebrate with your fans, don't you? Oh, it's ridiculous. That's that's one rule that I've always well, all the players have always thought it's ridiculous. You know, you find yourself when you you've scored a goal, you kind of lose yourself a bit, you know, and you, you your fans are going crazy and everyone, especially with and getting yourself to a semi final. Um, scoring a goal last minute, send your team through, to then get booked for doing that, I just think's ridiculous, you know. And it it just kind of takes away the the goal, really, because you you celebrate and you've scored a goal, you've celebrated, and you come away and you've been booked for it, you know. It's just, it doesn't seem any sense in it at all. But I suppose the rules are rules. But I don't know who makes them up. Like what they could do with changing that one. Yeah, that's it, David. I think I, I think we've spoken about it on this show before. Is it's the inconsistency with which that rule's applied as well. Sometimes you get booked for it, sometimes you don't. And I think yeah. when it comes to, especially in a cup competition, that that booking could easily lead to a player missing the cup final. Yeah, no, I, I, absolutely. It's it, it's absolutely ridiculous. I mean, what what you're supposed to do? Just kind of politely applaud and then casually walk back to the centre circle and say, "Jolly good show, old chap." You know, no, that, no. that's not the way it works. Football's a passionate game. No, that's it. I, I totally agree with you on that one. Anyway, I think we've spoken just about enough about yeah, this. Yeah, rant, rant over. About, rant about, over. about the Aberdeen game this weekend. And let's, before we catch up with Josh, let's go through the predictor. If we must. Do you want to do the scores, Dave, or shall I? Uh, oh, you do them if you want. <laughs> <laughs> so on this week, Andrew's still out in front with six points this week. One, two, one. Dave Mack with 6-1-1-7 4 for me 109 Mike 4 points 102 4 for Josh representing the Red Army 93 and 4 for you Dave but still stuck to the bottom on 85 <laughs> miles behind miles behind I need snookers to save my season now <laughs> I, th- I think your title challenge is safely over for this season Dave 
it, it, it's gone. There, there, there's absolutely no excuse. I can't. I can't even say it's like certain leagues in Scotland, whereby you know there's very little between you know second and second bottom. No, there's a huge um, chasm between myself and and the next one up. So I think I'm done. So let's let, let's see <laughs> let's see how you got on this week then. So we started this weekend's predictor on Friday night. Hibs at home to Cali. Did, yeah. It, did, did anyone have five two? No. Who who would who would have had that? But hey, I, I watched the game and it was a good match. Hibs played some some really good football. I mean, Cali, they're a decent side. You, you knew that they weren't going to put ten men behind the ball. John Robertson's got them playing some smashing football, and they did give it a right good go for a fairly substantial chunk of that game at Hibs. They just had a wee bit too much class in the end, didn't they? But an entertaining uh, an entertaining game, entertaining stuff, and a, a convincing five two win in the end. Uh, I went for three one, and Josh went for two 0 Yeah, no, well, Josh, that was it. Five. Five five goals and a red card on the last twenty minutes. It all got a bit exciting towards the end, didn't it? Aye, it did. Aye, I mean, I've I've seen the goals back and Hibs on the day. Hibs can be really high flying. You know, I think they're a, they're a club like Aberdeen who you you do expect to to be up the, the 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 higher up in the league as well. And I thought just going into that game, I thought Hibs would convincingly win. But at the same time, to to score five goals at home, great goals in the game as well. Um, and saying that Inverness didn't get someone sent off till late I don't think I think it was the last 15-20 minutes so it was um, that was a, it was a good game and Hibs, Hibs thoroughly deserved that I think No I think, I think we did we also kind of kind of thought Hibs would probably get through that one as the top flight side but kind of another another semi-final for, for Hibs and the, the kind of Jack Ross revolution continues Yeah he's, he's done a very good job hasn't he he's got, he's got them well organised he's got them playing some very good football as well. He certainly seems to have restored the the spirit in that side and the consistency that was really missing under Paul Heckingbottom. Yep. Well, on to Saturday. We'll start with the early game. Bottom of the table, Hearts hosting high flying Rangers off their midweek win in the Europa League. Hmm. Did we see this one coming, Dave? No, no, we, no, no, none, none of us got this one. I went for two-one yeah. Rangers. Josh went for one-nil uh, Rangers, and of course, it was one-nil <coughs> to Hearts. And and I must say, uh, there were a couple of uh, loud party anthems being sung in tribute to that scoreline from the Red Army in Paisley. Um, I can't repeat the lyrics on a a family podcast such as this, but it was cheer up, Stephen Gerrard, and it was no. Something at Hamden. You you know the songs that I mean. Yes, yes, we do. But no, I think massive, massive, massive result for 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 Hearts, Josh. A, a uh, team, a, a team who seemed to be really struggling, but so for some reason this season just seemed to have <coughs> Rangers number. Well, that, that's the thing, you know. It's um, Hearts have they've been. Let's not sugarcoat anything. They've been awful. Do you know what I mean? And I'm I'm living in Edinburgh now, and. Um, the the way the club's been performing, the way you hear the supporters speaking about the club, the way it's ran, everything about it, they, they just get slated, you know. So I just thought Rangers coming off the back of a, a 1-0, uh, sorry, winning in Braga, I thought this is just bang on for Rangers to win, you know. Um, but it just shows you the cup, um, the underdog, you know. It's just that little bit of spirit, that little bit of belief, the kind of pressure's off from the league and you just go for it, you know. So 
obviously um, hot and I'm going to be playing Hibs. So a lot of my pals in Edinburgh are Hibs fans. So they were delighted with that because um, they think they've already got one foot in the final by playing hot. So it's um, it was a great result for them, though. Well, that's it. I think I think it was kind of a can we play you every week from the Hearts fans, wasn't it, Dave? I think they'd be they'd probably be safe if they played Rangers every week. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, Hearts Hearts have got a woeful uh, record, as as Josh has uh, touched upon. They are um, they have won, I think, five games in the last twenty five, and two of them have been against uh, Rangers. So there you are. Um, but you know, if they show that sort of spirit. Surely they'll claw their way off the the bottom of the Premiership, and then Hamilton Ackes will be uh, back into panic mode. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, like you say, an Edinburgh Derby Scottish Cup semi final doesn't get much bigger than that for either side, does it, Josh? No, it's massive, and it's um, something that both sets of fans really look forward to. Up here, I mean, it's you know, it's like yourself. Derby games is nothing better to play in than to have a Derby game in a, as a semi final. Um, it's just massive, you know. So. It's um it'll be a great great night in the city here yeah, I'm sure on Tuesday night and um what way it'll go who knows because <clears throat> Hearts should be full of confidence going into that game um with nothing to fear at all but saying that Hibs have just scored five goals so it's uh, it should be a really good game that one. Yep, and finally on the predictor we'll go to Sunday's Scottish <coughs> Cup. Well, final Scottish Cup tie in the predictor should I say? We'll go to St Johnston at home to Celtic. Great performance from St Johnston, Dave, but Celtic, as they seem to do, found a way in the end. That That's just what Celtic do, isn't it? We, we've discussed this so many times on the Red Review podcast, Alan. It, it's, in the, it's in the genes. It's just what Celtic do, even when they're not playing particularly well, even when they're not vintage Celtic, they find a way to win. And that's what they did with that uh, whipped-in free kick from Christie from the, the right-hand side. Uh, nobody got a touch, and it just it sailed through less than 10 minutes to go. 1-0 to Celtic, and, you know, congratulations to them. I, I'd gone for 2-0, and Josh had gone for, for 3-0. But, you know, um, Tommy Wright had uh, St. Johnson very well drilled, and they, they caused uh, Celtic a good few problems. Yeah, no, I think Josh, just about fans of every other club in the country, bar Celtic, were St Johnston supporters yesterday, and they gave a good account of themselves. But that's that's a sign of a team, kind of that wins things, isn't it? They go and get the job done even when they don't play well. Of course, yeah. I mean, that, that you nailed it on the head there. It's, it's Celtic; they've got that winning mentality, you know, and it's it's for it's for another team to try and break that mould. And I think St Johnston obviously gave a really good account of themselves, but Celtic. You just know, you know, if you switch the telly on at nil nil with ten minutes to go, and you switch it off again, there's every chance they've they've won the game, you know, because they just go right till the very end. And uh, the lad who got the goal, Ryan Christie, obviously he was he was at Aberdeen, I'm sure, wasn't he at one point? Yeah, he was, was he a couple of years. Aye, I I think he's a really good player, and it's um, you look at that Celtic team, and it's just full full of players that can really go and win a game. You know, you look at McGregor, Christie, Forrest. Edward and Griffiths, I mean, there's not many better than that at Scottish football, you know. So for St Johnston to, to dig in as well as they did and hold them out as, for as long as they did, I think it's credit to them. But like you say, Celtic are just this season, well, season after season, it's just someone really needs to try and stop them. Well, that's it, Dave. We've always said you you don't win you don't win trophies without beating the old firm in Glasgow. So that's exactly what you've got to go and do now, isn't it? Yeah, and that's it. And that that's how Aberdeen need to approach the the semi final you know the chances are you're going to have to meet 
one or t'other of the old firm if you're going to win a trophy. So if Aberdeen are going to do it, they're going to have to do it the hard way. But as we've touched upon already, you've got to go into it with a belief. And, you know, why shouldn't this be Aberdeen's year? Why not? Absolutely. And well, our final game on this week's predictor, obviously, Peterhead game fell foul of the weather, was Cove Rangers away at Stenhouse Muir, Dave. And another really professional, really good job from... Paul Hartley's side what a, what a job he has done he's yeah he's got a big budget yeah he's got great players but you know you know we've seen a lot of clubs over the years at different levels in Scottish football and beyond that you know the, the money's been there the players have been there but the manager can't knit the side together and Paul Hartley has done that and done that fantastically well 3-0 uh, to Cove Rangers 10 points clear at the top of League 2 uh, it just seems like a matter of time now you would think I went for uh, 3-1 uh, Josh went for uh, 2-0 and Josh obviously Cove they're extending their lead over your former side Edinburgh what have you made of Cove this season? Uh, they've been really good you know I think they've been what everyone expected of them, really. Very professional, very attacking um, with the lads they've got in their team, um, Meganson, and then obviously bringing in McAllister, who at, at that level scores goals for fun, you know, and they just, they've got, and obviously Fraser, Fivey in the middle. They've got they've got some really good players, players that should be, should be playing higher, you know, but it, they've got a big budget behind them and the, you would expect them to, they were everyone's favourite at the start of the season. I think Edinburgh have tried to compete as well as they can, um, but just fell short, you know, and Cove have, have really kicked on and 3-0 away from home, no matter who you're playing, they score three goals and conceding on away from home is a, a good return. No, that's yeah. it. Dave McCann. Sorry, go on. No, go on. McCall- McAllister back in amongst yes. the goals. Kind of that, I think that might be the signing that, that, that wins the title for them, isn't it? Yeah, you know, McAllister's a great goal scorer. So is Meganson. And, uh, you know, they're, they're chipping in with, with goals, aren't they? You know, Jamie Masson as well. He's scored a, a good few goals also. So, you know, it, it, it's good to see the goals being being spread about. It it really takes the, the, the pressure off. I was just going to say there, um, I very nearly got the Aberdeen score right when we're talking about the predictor. Big big Sam cost me a couple of points. I went for 1-0 Aberdeen. <laughs> and it was so nearly 1-0 Aberdeen. So thanks, Sam, for for ruining my chance of climbing off the bottom of the, 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 the predictor. Um, Josh went for, for 2-1, so Josh nearly got it right. But uh, it doesn't really matter, does it? Joking aside, Aberdeen won. So that's yeah, all that, we care that's about. That's all we care about is getting yep. through. Yes. Well, now we've wrapped that up. Time to have a bit of a chat with Josh and Josh, obviously, your spell Aberdeen was only was only kind of short, but I yeah. think I think kind of before we start, I think that there was certainly one memorable moment, and it sounded on North Sound a little bit like this. To Mackey and to Diamond. Now Shawnee Aluko in the centre, trying to get it down, trying to spin, trying to get a shot. Lays it back to Josh Walker. Yeah! Josh Walker with the goal. Oh, Aberdeen have the lead against the best team in Germany. Josh Walker has given Aberdeen the lead. Oh, <laughs> love it. I still, I still got a bit of goosebumps there. <laughs> Me too. Do, 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 does it ever get tiring speaking about that goal, Josh? Uh, 
Not really, no. I mean, just talking about the, the game in general ne- never really gets tiring, you know, because from 1 to 11, every single player was, was fantastic on the night and on. I think they're saying on the commentary there against the best team in Germany. I mean, probably they were probably in the top five teams in the world at the time. I think they were unfortunate to actually be in the Europa League that that year. Um, so we, for us to compete as well as we did, I think it was, was brilliant, you know. Yeah, and obviously that, that game came... I kind of matter of weeks after you you joined the Dons. Um, kind of did did you know what you were getting into before you came up here, or was that kind of coming up well, on a, as, as a young lad in a loan spell to Aberdeen and then ending up against Bayern? Well, I, I was actually due to come in the summer. I was supposed to come at the same time as Sean Yaluko, but I'd got injured in pre-season, so I couldn't come. And then I got back fit roughly around the November December time, and I played a reserve game. And Jimmy Caldwood and Jimmy Nicholas came down and. After that game, they wanted to sign us again. So I, I, I'd gone from nothing to a one reserve game to then straight into it. You know, I think it was we had like six games in three weeks, and that Bayern Munich game was one, and um, it was just <laughs> from nothing to everything. It was just so surreal. It was incredible, really. Um, but great memories from it. Great memories from it. Jimmy Calderwood, what what a character he was, uh, wasn't he, Josh? What a guy! Honestly, one of the 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 best men I've met in football. You know, he was just very, very sorry. He had like a, he always wanted to win, no matter what it was. Um, no matter what it was, whether you were training, whether you were in games, um, he was just he had such a good winning mentality, and he was such a an approachable guy as well. You know, like he could don't get us wrong, he could really lose his rag. Um, in change rooms, but then he he builds you back up, you know, when you need when when you deserved it or how you felt when you needed it. And I think him and obviously having Jimmy Nickel alongside of him. Jimmy Nickel is just a fantastic bloke. I don't think you'll hear anyone who's played under under Jimmy Nickel say say a bad word about him. You know, he was just he was brilliant. And the two of them together were a great a great partnership. Yeah, they they certainly were. I mean, Jimmy Caldwell, you talked about his uh, temper. Were you on the wrong end, the receiving end of his his temper during your spell at Aberdeen? <laughs> I remember once, yeah, we um, we played. I think it was the game after the Bayern Munich game. We played Kilmarnock away, um, and we were getting beat after we were playing Kilmarnock away. We were getting beat one nil after about twenty five minutes, and he took me off. He took me off after I seen my number go up off on the side, and I didn't have a clue what it was because I thought you can't be making a sub now. Um, half an hour into a game, and I seen my number twenty-seven. I thought well, there's not going to be twenty-seven minutes added on. I was stood there so puzzled, you know, like I didn't know what was happening. Um, and then I heard the ref came over and told us to come off. So I was a young boy, eighteen-year-old, full of hell. <laughs> so I walked over, and I've just kind of said something you know and and then he he come in the chat and i just walked in the in the tunnel and went in the change room and then um he come in said his bit and then he had a right go at me just don't you ever question my substitutions and um maybe if you put your boots on the right feet today you know <laughs> you'd have stayed on the pitch so so that was a that was a good one i did get a, a bit of a hammering off him but like i say back in training on the on the Monday, whenever it was, on the Tuesday, he was arm around my shoulder and we just got going again, you know. 
Yeah, that, that, that's the thing with Jimmy. He would never, you know, he's um, he's sworn at me a couple. Yeah, he's sworn at me a couple of times, uh, but then the next time it's how you doing, pal? You know, uh, terrific exactly. guy, re- really good guy, I mean, really good guy. I mean, when he was when when we go on about just that Kilmarnock game, I, I couldn't understand why I'd been taken off at the time, and um, he, he gave us his explanation on the on the Monday or the Tuesday, like I said, and. You didn't have to do that, you know. I was just a young kid, eighteen year old, and you see some managers when I've been in change rooms and some young players don't get treated with the respect of other players, you know, but he treated everyone the same. And I think that's why everyone got on so well with him and and Jimmy and Nickel as well, you know. Yeah, as a young lad in the in the dressing room, were you on the receiving end of any wind ups? Because there were there were a lot of a lot of clowns and jokers in that in that pack, weren't there? Oh they the the group to to be fair I couldn't have asked to walk into a better dressing room you know I mean um, being so young and and coming away f- from from the northeast of England up to <laughs> the north of Scotland um, I knew a couple of faces in the dressing room before I got there I knew um, Shawnee Luco and and Dan Smith um, I don't know if, Dan Smith was a, a player that signed from Sunderland at the time so I knew Dan um, but then going into the dressing room the likes of Liam Miller Sorry, Lee Miller, um, what a what a guy he is, you know. Like Lee, still keep in touch with him now, and obviously he's doing a, a great job with Falkirk, you know. But Lee was Lee was probably the the clown of our dressing room. But there was everyone had a bit of banter about them, you know. Even even the older lads who um, you maybe wouldn't expect it. Everyone was always giving a bit, you know. And it, it was a great dressing room to be involved with. Yeah, did did you have your your clothes shredded or set on fire or frozen or anything drastic like that? What used to happen is I I remember I bought a, um, a hoodie from um, well me and Shawnee me and Shawnee Luko had gone to Edinburgh for a couple of days. We had a couple of days off, so we came down to Edinburgh and had a couple of days then. Just went out and went shopping and whatever. And I I came back and I'd bought this. Um, I think it was Christian Odegaard the hoodie. So I thought it was the bees knees, you know, walking into training the next day. So after training, I came in. Someone had tied it in a knot where I couldn't get the knot out, you know, for about two weeks. It was just in a complete knot. And still to this day, I don't know who it is. So if anyone's listening, they might ring up and say it was them. But I'd back my money being on Lee. Lee. But <laughs> but uh, that, that's what happened to my clothes. Goodness me! You were only at Aberdeen for a, for a short spell. You had a great time there, quite clearly. Do you, do you wish? Do you have any regrets about the shortness of your time there? Would you like to have been there for considerably longer? Well, in an ideal world, I'd have been there from the start of the season, um, but obviously injuries um, prevented that from happening. Um, there was there was Jim, um, Jimmy Caldwell at the end of well towards the end of the season and. Had asked us um, if I would if I would sign in the summer if it was possible with Middlesbrough, and I'd I'd gave him my opinion that I, I had a year left on my contract with Middlesbrough, um, and I, I wanted to go back there and, and give it a, a right good go because I felt the experience at Aberdeen had made us grow up a bit, you know, made us see see things in a totally different light, and and obviously and obviously Middlesbrough didn't didn't let us go either, so. Um, and the way it worked out, it worked out really well for me because I broke into the team at Middlesbrough the following season. I don't think that would have happened had I not been to Aberdeen. Um, I think being around, firstly, a top club in Scotland, 
being around um, a, a manager like I was and then being in a changing room with the players that I was, you know, the likes of Barry Nicholson and I was playing midfield with Barry Nicholson and Scott Severin, two really experienced lads um, and, and great blokes as well. And like I say, Andy Considine was who's still playing now. Um, there was some great, great lads in that dressing room who I think really helped my career uh, for the following season. Like I say, it was just obviously after that, it's just been injuries that have been unfortunate. But my time at Aberdeen, I, I would have, I would have loved to have been there from the start of the season because I would have loved to have seen how that that season would have would have went then. You know, because the the loan spell, even though it was short, it it was really productive. You know, so I think had had it been a full season and injury free. Who knows what it could have been, but like I say, I loved my time there. And I really, really, I have nothing, nothing but good words to say about the place. Really, no, I think it is, it is funny that just you mentioned um, and Andy Considine, who I think Dave we'd, we'd agree has probably been one of Aberdeen's best players this season. And what, it, it's what, funny what to think he's still funny to think he's still kind of going and was involved that far back. No, yeah, no I, I, absolutely. Uh, Andy's um, Andy was was brilliant, you know, I, I, I think Andy was maybe a couple of years older than me, so he might have been about 19, 20 when I got there, um, but I think he was, if I remember, he, he played in the team week in, week out, I, th- I don't think he's, has he ever missed a game, I never see him injured, I never see him, I think he's just, he, he's just, he looks after himself so well, like from, from being a young lad in that dressing room, but again, I think it helped him being around the players he was with from such a young age, you know, um, but he's just, Progressed and progressed, and he's he's a another word legends thrown around too too easily in football. But as an Aberdeen player, I think he's he's got to be up there. You know, he's just so consistent the way he performs, the way he conducts himself on and off the pitch. Um, but he's uh, he's he's done a great job for Aberdeen, and probably for, if if anyone deserves something a a, t- a title a, a a cup competition, it's him. You know because. I remember, like I say, just from a young age, there'd be there'd be us lot going out, you know, and he would he would sacrifice those nights out from a young age, you know, and it just you look back and he deserves everything he's got. Yeah, I absolutely, I couldn't I couldn't agree more, Dave. Can you? No, I, I, totally. I mean, you know, the model professional, the consummate professional, and it, it was it was great that you know we were kind of half jokingly um talking to other players about uh, maybe getting a a statue <laughs> uh, erected in Andy's uh, honor and you know we we jokingly asked uh, big sam about that and he said oh yeah a big 30 40 foot uh, statue of Andy uh, looking down from the broad hill would be uh, very uh, fitting you know so uh, i mean he's he's well loved in the dressing room and he's he's well loved in the the Aberdeen support and the red army after the game in paisley the the cup quarter final they were you know they were all chanting Andy 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 Considine and you know they 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 love him everybody loves him Ah, he's 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 brilliant. He's a great lad, and he was he was um, very welcoming with me in the change room as well. He was someone I got on really well with, and like I said, like he nailed it on the head. There, he deserves everything he's getting. I think the only thing he hasn't getting, which he uh, for me, uh, the way the country's performed over this ten-year period, is a Scotland Cup. You know, if I'm right, he hasn't getting one, has he? No, 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 no I don't think so. 
Well, if you're listening, not. Steve Clark, if you're listening. Well, with the, well in all seriousness, with McKenna, McKenna and Suter both being injured this weekend and probably out of the games. Yeah, best wishes for uh, to to John Suter there. A, a horrific injury that he suffered in the win over Rangers, a snapped Achilles tendon. So w- oh. wish the young guy all the best. He's a he's a really good defender. So Definitely. good luck. Definitely. Um, but yeah, like you say, with with Andy's getting everything, he deserves everything he's had in his career and getting. And like I say, if he can push them on and get a trophy this season, there'll be no one who deserves it more. No. And so, Josh, just wanted to touch on quickly, kind of away from Aberdeen in your career, been, been a, ve- a number of clubs in a number of places. But, but how how was the time in India? What was what was that like? How did that come about? Um, that was that was one of the best experiences of my of my life, really. Um, I think it, it came about when I was um, firstly when I was at Scunthorpe. Um, there was a, an assistant manager at Portsmouth at the time called Ashley Westwood. Um, who was alongside Michael Appleton. They tried to sign us before I went to Scunthorpe um, to go down there, but Portsmouth was, I just felt it was too far. And the, it was just, the, the club was going through a real transition, like unpredictable, that players not being paid and stuff like that. And I just didn't think it was right for me. So anyway, when when I'd left Scunthorpe, um, he, he'd got in touch with us about going to India then. Um but I just, I kind of held off, held off. And I thought, nah, it's not really for me. And it was the following season. I'd, I'd actually, nothing, nothing brilliant came up for us that summer. And I'd regretted it. And I ended up just going back home and playing for Gateshead in the conference. And at the end of that season, I just couldn't believe what I'd done. And I was just so lucky that he, he phoned us again and he'd asked us. And, and I thought, right, this is the, this is the chance to, to go and try something new. I'd always wanted to play abroad. Um, I'd always wanted to do that and I never thought it would be India, let's, let's be honest. I never thought it would be over there but one of the players I used to play with at Middlesbrough, John Johnson, he was he was out there. He's actually still out there now. Um, I went out there and it was fantastic. You know, I, I couldn't believe the standard, for one, the standard of play was so much higher than what I expected. Um, standard of living was, was brilliant. Um, you were so well looked after and when you talk about the, the fans and things like that, and Aberdeen being fanatical, I mean, the team I went to, at, um, it was called Bengaluru, who probably the top team in India now. Um, they are, the fans there are incredible, you know, like you, your home ground in India, you're sometimes playing 40, 50,000 fans. Um, but then you go to other parts of India and you're playing in front of five, 600 people. So it was so like unpredictable in terms of fans and support. Um but that club I was at was, was brilliant. I really loved it out there. <clears throat> but again, just an injury. <laughs> an injury again prevented it from kicking on again, you know. But I, I look I look at that with a game of great memories there. Well, it's kind of one, one kind of they want to ask is kind of from coming from kind of growing up at, at Middlesbrough around the kind of Premier League football and then to Aberdeen and the various clubs you were at on loan and then to India. What, what what did Aberdeen compare to kind of at your time kind of into, I know we've finally got the training ground and things now, but what was it like coming up to kind of taking the goals out for training and things? Where where did that stack in terms of various clubs you've been at through your career? Well, I think that was something that kind of helped us I think because being at Middlesbrough and being at such a a big well at the time a big premiership established premiership club, um everything was done for you. Do you know? So you were you'd come at training you had a buffet breakfast ready for you. You had 
your kit there, you had brilliant gym, you had sauna, jacuzzi, steam room, you had you had everything there. So then when I walked into the dressing room in Aberdeen, and then I was ready to go for training, and then someone said, oh, we're jumping in the minibus. I was like, where are we going, like? And they were like, oh, we're going to the training ground. And then you just obviously you jump on it. That was just totally new for me. And then we'd get the training and you'd see, like I say, the experienced boys just getting out there, pulling the goals out, no big egos, no big headedness, nothing about them. It was just so refreshing, you know. It was there. Uh, and I, like I say, I think it was it was that what made us think, you know, I'm so lucky and privileged to be the club. Obviously, Aberdeen's a massive club. But to be the club like Middlesbrough and have the facilities that it had, I thought I need to make the most of this now. And I think, like I say, the Aberdeen experience really helped us with that. Ah, excellent. Well, Josh, thank you so much for joining us on this show. It's been great. No, thanks very much. Thanks very much. It's been great coming on. No. I'll never tire of hearing that commentary. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Brilliant. It's, uh, uh, it's a great memory. Great memory. No, it's, it's, it's certainly a night that I don't think many Dons fans will forget in a hurry I have been Alan Davidson and this has been the Red Review North Zone 1 Red Review